successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Get a hooter. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to Grill Nation. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for listening today on Talk 980 AM and on Talk 980AM.com. Also appreciate you checking out GrillNationShow.com and connecting with me via social media at Jason Grill on Twitter and um, at Jason Grill on Instagram and Snapchat. Also, you can find uh, the show on Instagram at Grill Nation Show. Appreciate you following us along on our podcast as well on iTunes and TuneIn Radio. We've had a, a good stroke of luck with uh, downloads on podcasts, so I appreciate all those listening throughout the country and in Kansas City. I want to thank our partners and supporters of Grill Nation here at the start of the show. Without them, uh, we couldn't bring this show to you every week. They are Kretcher Hartland, Bank of Kansas City, The Bash Group Real Estate, Andrew Bash, guest host and contributor, Kenny Hertz Perry, Attorneys at Law, John Kenny Hertz, guest host and contributor, Catalyst Government Affairs, Danny Pfeiffer is a contributor, The Rieger Hotel Grill and Exchange, Jay Rieger & Co., Ryan Maybe, guest host and contributor, Kansas City Power and Light District, and Two West Advisors and Ryan Rink. Uh, these are great companies and great people, ladies and gentlemen, so I appreciate all of their support and uh, their assistance here at Grill Nation. And uh, we thank them very much for bringing Grill Nation with Jason Grill to you every week on 980 AM. Uh, we've had a f- lot of fun times here in Kansas City throughout the last uh, six to eight months. And uh, I wanted to do a show today to kind of recap um, the Royals run. Uh, Kansas City obviously is has kind of had a rebirth uh, um, in baseball these last few years, but it culminated this year in a World Series title. And so on this show today, I really kind of wanted to kind of go through the playoffs and the World Series and talk about uh, what that experience was like and also get into the parade and festivities, kind of looking back and then kind of move forward in our last segment today and talk about uh, what's in the future. Where where do we go from here? I know that if many of you are like me, um, you kind of after the parade and World Series were were kind of like, well, what's next? You know, going back to your your job the next day was uh was kind of interesting, but uh yeah, you know it was it was a fun run, and so I wanted to have one of our contributors on the show, Joel Goldberg from Fox Sports Kansas City today. He is uh, rested and recuperated, and uh, you know he was involved with the uh, TV crew throughout the entire season playoffs. Then he he was hosting live shows at the Power and Light District on Fox Sports Kansas City. Uh, and also was one of the MCs and television hosts of the parade and uh, rally there at Union Station. And so uh, I thought he could give us a good kind of account of everything that's going on, what happened, uh, how exciting it was, and kind of moving forward, uh, what to look forward to at the Royals. So Joel Goldberg, uh, Fox Sports Kansas City pre- and post-game host and also reporter during the games. How are you, sir? Doing well, rested and uh, ready to go, but probably in no hurry for spring training yet i think everybody everybody's like can we start spring training tomorrow and i'm like no <laughs> yeah no. so you, you've kind of reached your no so you you know you're a um you have other gigs right in the offseason you do some hockey stuff or college yeah. sports don't you 
Yeah, I do some other stuff. I mean, none of it, none of it really grueling from a schedule standpoint. I, you know, I might, I might go do one or two things a week if that. You know, some weeks a couple things, other weeks nothing. So does that does that keep does that keep you sharp for a uh, in the off season? Is that like going to the gym if you're an athlete, Joel? <laughs> for me, for me, not really. I mean, you know, I, there's such a rhythm to baseball that uh, you know I find myself every year coming back and we do our first pregame show and 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 it might take like you know two or three minutes to to get back into the flow of that and maybe some of the preparation and just some of the routine takes a little while of getting into, but I mean, as far as broadcasting or talking or, or anything like that, I, I don't know that any kind of work in the, in the off season would, would help or keep sharp. It, it, at least for me, it's more um, maybe just keeping mentally sharp a little bit, but I mean, I'll, I'll spend all off season, you know, looking at baseball notes and keeping up with things every single day. And, the hot stuff, I mean, right? Yeah. Or even just, you know, a few articles that I've seen in the last couple of days, maybe less of the hot stove stuff. And yes, I'm, I'm completely, um, you know, invested in, in that with my time and just, just paying attention to it. But, you know, you see an article come across and something like, uh, this week, uh, um, Michael Brantley is going to miss, you know, four to five months for the shoulder surgery. And so I clip that article and put it into my Indians folder. And, you know, so and so is the new, uh, coach. You know, on this team, okay, let's clip that. Little things like that, where if I see something that might be of use to me in April or May, or an interesting story that pops up, you know, I'll save it and and have it in the folder for that team. So it, it never really ends, but this is pretty chill. I saw that uh, Dayton Moore went on a vacation with his family uh, after the uh, World Series. It had been planned out for two years. I mean, that's amazing that he scheduled that that far in advance. Well. I, no one in baseball, certainly in his position, is going to schedule something when the playoffs are there. I mean, that's when you get burned. Even if two years ago, it was hard to imagine winning winning the World Series. So I, I think you, you see in baseball a lot of vacations and a lot of weddings that, that tend to come up in November or before the holidays in December. That's just that's always the safe route to go. And the players kind of go back to their hometowns if, if they live in other places pretty much directly after the uh... – I mean, I, it felt like after the World Series, you know, you were seeing photos of them in, back home immediately. So they, they kind of leave town pretty quick, too, don't they? Yeah, it's a different generation than the past. And, you know, if you look at really up through when Jeff Montgomery played, and they were making better money then, but I think that most of those guys, like, you know, when Monty first started, they weren't making the kind of money that was there when he finished up. And so, you know, they, they were really very much living sort of normal lives as far as income more normal than now and and so i think you know back then guys needed a place to live and so they'd settle on kansas city and and many of them would stay here you know they didn't necessarily have the income to go and, and have two houses and now that's that's easy so you know guys will most of these guys are from warm weather climates and would would much rather spend their time in florida or arizona or california or dominican and so it kind of makes sense, and you know, they even the low-paid guys they make they make so much money now that you know rent a place here or or own a place here and somewhere else. And so most of them really really do ball. Hey, that's kind of a change. You hey, know? Joel, I got a quick question for you on that note with the financial stuff. I mean, so if you got a Raul Mondesi who makes it into the, the World Series, he's never played before in the big leagues. I mean, does that how do, how does that affect his salary? Does he get a huge jump there just for coming up for a game or the World Series? Well, 
not really, but he's going to get a playoff share out of it. So, I mean, he's going to get himself, I'm sure, a partial playoff share. He's going to get himself six figures. Wow. Um, anyway, just, just for coming up, just like Terrence Gordon. I mean, if you think, and I don't know the exact numbers, but if you look at Terrence Gordon, he's a guy that was considering getting out of baseball last year. Um, you know, he was, he was due to be a father soon. And, and I don't know, you know, he didn't have the big signing bonus, you know, the, the, a lot of these guys don't get the big signing bonus. And then, you know, you're sitting there in a ball and maybe you're making, and I might be wrong on the numbers here, but maybe you're making 20, 30 grand a year. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly he gets called up in September. Well, that's going to get you a prorated one sixth of the minimum salary. So now he's, he's getting one sixth of over half a million dollars and then ends up with a six figure, uh, with, with a six figure deal for, um, you know, playoff share, partial playoff share for last year. Wow. And, you know, so same thing for Mondesi. Now Mondesi had a big bonus. Don't feel too bad about him. They signed him for $2 million when he was 16 years old and obviously grew up with a father that, that made a lot of money too. I don't know what his payment would be for just being here for the world series. Cause I don't know. Well, Joe, we'll pick know. that up. We'll pick that up after the break here. Okay. We're going to okay. break here. We're, you're listening to Grill Nation here on Talk 980 AM. Thanks for listening. Can't stop laughing, but I don't know. Keep them going crazy, though. TV and the radio been watching since a baby, so I'm representing Casey Mo. Welcome back to Grill Nation. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us on 980 AM and on Talk980AM.com, as well as on iTunes and TuneIn Radio today. Want to promote a couple local businesses as uh, you know we're in the holiday season here coming up here and uh, ending 2015. Uh, Sock101.com. We have a we're talking about the Royals today and about Kansas City. We have a lot of colorful Kansas City related socks, sock of the month club, custom socks, you name it at Sock101.com. Also want to promote a new business that has just launched called uh, Locally. They have really cool KCMO and area um, sweatshirts. It's called Locally, and it's at shoptheLocally.com. We're talking to Joel Goldberg from Fox Sports Kansas City. Who, uh, wow, <laughs> Joel's got a cold after the postseason here. We're talking to Joel Goldberg uh, from Fox Sports Kansas City. Joel, how are you, man? I'm doing well. My voice did not make it to the parade, so that, that presented a challenge. And I'm, I'm very... Uh, I'm, I'm very careful with my voice, and of course, sometimes you get sick. There's not much you can do about it, but I, I, I would guess in, in eight years here, I, maybe that might have been the second time that, that I'd ever lost it or third. So that made doing the parade a little bit of a challenge and, and then got the big cold that followed. But yeah, uh, but better to have these things after the year. It would have been nice for the parade, but you know what? No, all anyone's going to remember from the parade is the – Massive amount of people and, and Johnny Gomes and all the speeches. So it was all good. Yeah, Joel. So, uh, before we get to that, let's talk about the World Series and the playoffs. I mean, what were your, uh, what were your impressions? I mean, you obviously were involved in many playoffs in, in your, in your past job, but also you were involved in the playoff run last year in Kansas City. Let's kind of compare the two. Um, we had more games this year, right? Than we had last year. I think I counted there was, um, what we had five in the World Series, we had six in the uh, ALCS, we had what five. So we had we had uh, sixteen games this year, and I think we had about fourteen or fifteen last year. Uh, what what were the, what were your comparisons? I know we we had a lot of comebacks this year, but from a uh, from a perspective of you, which which playoff run did you did you find more exciting as a broadcaster and as a fan? 
Well, they're they're different. I mean, I I think that the first time is always one that you know you look back on and you remember. I mean, no one no one knew what to expect last year, and I think a lot of people in their minds thought, man, they, they could be one and done. And of course, they were close to that with that epic wild card game, and so. There, there was something about last year kind of capturing the hearts of everybody, and those hearts had already been captured for this year. The difference, obviously, this year is, is they win it. And, and then, to me, the big difference from last year to this year is last year ended up being pretty easy. I mean, after after they came back in that wild card game, they go eight, you know, they ended up going eight and zero, including that game and mm-hmm. sweeping the Angels and and sweeping the uh, the Orioles. I think that. I think we got a little bit spoiled, and suddenly, you know, you're looking, and, and this Houston series isn't very easy, and suddenly you're, you're looking, and you go up to Toronto 2 nothing, but now suddenly they're back into the series. And, and, and same thing even with the, with the Mets once they cut it to, to two games to one is that, that everything was just tougher this year, uh, certainly in those first couple of series, and it was easier last year. But I think the thing that probably will stand out most to me is just the way they came back. I mean, they, you know, that. That wild card comeback last year is, is probably the greatest comeback in team history, but they had another seven versions of those in one form or another in this playoffs mm-hmm. um, that that were just unthinkable. And to happen once or twice, okay, but, but I mean, I think seven times they came back down two or more runs. Right after like the seventh inning, too, a lot of times. Right, I mean, it was always at late in the game. I think, from my perspective. After they won the Houston series, I, I, I didn't feel like they were going to lose again. I don't know what it was. It's, you know, I, I remember watching the World Series with my dad, um, the game they won. They won the World Series game five, and he went to bed. And, you know, I just always felt like the Royals, even if, if they were down a couple runs late in the game, that they were going to tie the game up or win this postseason. There was never any... It just was a weird feeling, you know. Back in the past, you you always felt whether it's for me, it's whether it's Mizzou sports or whether it's Royals or Chiefs. You just always felt like they're going to blow something. The game they're they're going to blow it at the end, or something was going to happen. Now I'm sitting there watching these games, like they're they're not going to lose. They're just not going to lose, and it's just it's a weird um, it's a weird mentality to have. But it's it's crazy. It's just like no matter who's pitching, the closer comes in, he blew three saves in the World Series for the Mets. It's just they're going to win the game. It's a it's a unique situation as a fan to be in. <laughs> it, it it played out that way, and I you know I don't know if everybody was as calm about it as you are. I, I'm assuming you aren't really that calm, but um, you know it just I, I do think that that comeback against Houston in Game Four was like their wild card equivalent, right? And you're you're down six to two, and you're six outs away from from your season being over. And if they lose in that first round. It's not a disappointing year. They have the best record in the American League, but it will be a disappointing finish. Uh, you know, I don't know what what would have made this season a success in the eyes of fans if it was World Series or bust. It was getting back to the World Series, but losing in the first round would have been a disappointment. Mm-hmm. And, and so somehow, somehow that turns everything around. You know, hit, 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 and then suddenly that error by Correa and the floodgates open, which really ended up being almost a blueprint. Uh, whether it was meant to be or not, of the way they were winning some of these other games. I mean, I, I said they beat they beat the Blue Jays in, in game two after David Price retires 18 in a row, allows a leadoff hit to Escobar, and then he retires 18 straight, and then single, 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 and the, you know, the miscommunication with Batista in, in right field. I said that they beat the, the Blue Jays, they beat Price that day by paper cut. I mean, they never hit the ball hard. And that was a that was a that was a game that yeah, I maybe lost a little confidence in that one down three. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think that there were a couple moments in that series. I mean, that was one, 
Cueto was awful up in Toronto. That was, you know, that that certainly was enough to make you nervous. And then, you know, you come back here and, you know, that decision to leave Ryan Madsen in there doesn't work out. And then Davis comes in and the rain comes. And you're sitting there thinking, I know I am, that, man, if this thing doesn't go quickly, we're, we're not going to be able to get Davis back in there. And then when I saw nobody was warming up, and then he comes back out there, and he, he'd been sitting for an hour, and he didn't quite look himself. And I don't know, I was sitting down there in the camera well at that point, completely calm, I think just looking at the situation and saying, okay, the runners, I think on second and third, Josh Donaldson is up. He's going to win the MVP this year. I don't know what's going to happen, but if anybody can get out of this, it's Wade Davis. And if you're going to lose with Wade Davis, you know, okay, you're going to lose. And yeah. somehow he got out of it. And then, and then you know, Gordon hitting a home run against Familia. I mean, all these things just kept happening over and over and over again. Matt Harvey, game five, it just um, – I don't know. They I had to come back in game four, too. You know, I mean, that come was back a... in game four. Um, you know, really similar to the similar enough to the comeback in game five. I mean, it just it was one after the next. And and I I don't I don't know if I believe in karma or mojo or this or or that, but this team had some kind of an it factor or, or confidence to to never really give up in those situations. And Joel, we're talking to Joel Goberg from Fox Sports Kansas City. He's uh. Pre- and post-game host of Royals Live. He's also a reporter throughout the Fox Sports Kansas City Royals coverage. Joel, um, okay, so throughout the playoffs, you were stationed at Power and Light District. We've always had these talks when we have lunch together about downtown Kansas City and kind of how it's getting better and better. What was that experience like for you and uh, your your co- co-partner Rex Heller down there in Power and Light District? Let's talk before the parade. We'll get to the parade next segment. Just the, the playoffs and the atmosphere down there because I know that you know it was at capacity most nights down at Power and Light District. Absolutely phenomenal, and and of course, the the last weekend was off the charts. I mean, some of the other ones they, they had some day games, and and then they lost, and so you know the crowd would start big and then kind of die down. But for those last two games, Halloween night, and then um, and, and then and then November first when they won it. I mean, it was it was crazy because on on Halloween night they lost, but it was just such a you know, party crowd down there because the you know because it was a Saturday night and it's Halloween. And I get down there on Sunday and it was like at a, a different level. It was it was it felt like it was twice as packed and twice as loud. I mean, you couldn't get in there at the start of the game on on Sunday, November first. I mean, people were going to get in there and people were were ready to celebrate this thing if it happened that night. And of course, it did. I've never the parade. Is at a whole other level as far as crowds, but I mean to see the energy that power and light the night they won. So much fun. We had a blast down there. Those guys are are, are awesome. They completely took care of us, and, and just what a what a great great time and a, and a great place to be. So, so during the game, Joe, I didn't have a chance to get down there. Obviously, I was either watching at home. I wanted to take it all in this year, or uh, had other things going on, or was actually at the games. Um, during the game, did you guys just kind of watch it in green room, or you were on stage, or how'd that work? No, we sat in the green room. I, I'm I'm kind of an avid note taker, so I sit there and document just about anything and everything that goes on in the game. People don't see that, and um, so I, I I need a little bit of that focus. So I, I'm doing that, and and Rex is kind of the opposite. <laughs> Rex Rex doesn't need any notes, but we're you know we're just sitting in there and. and we're, Couple of members of our crew, Mike McFarland was down there with us some too, and, and just just talking about the game as we do. And you know, what did you think of that? What did you think of that? And then during commercial breaks, 
I think all of us would kind of pop out on the stage just to look. You know, it's one of those things that that you get a chance to get on that stage and, and see that packed place and, and just kind of look at what fans are going through. And then the really weird thing, too, is, you know, game five obviously ended up going, what, 12 innings. And so mm-hmm. we need to be out on set by the ninth inning. Uh, so we go out on set, not the first time that we were on set when the Royals were losing and somehow came back to win in that series, very similar to the, the long game in game one. And, you know, they're playing the game up on the big screen there at power and light and the volume's blasting and all that. But in our monitors and in our ear on our TV set, which was on stage, the play was about five seconds ahead of the crowd. Mm. So we, we knew things were happening before the crowd. And I, I, I noticed that some people would see us kind of pumping our fists when they, when they were coming back. And I, I realized I finally turned to Rex or he even asked me, I said, you know what? We got to not celebrate here. We got to let these people enjoy it because if they were looking at us at all, they could figure out the answer before it happened. <laughs> I hate when that I, happens. I just felt like for me, I was fine, but I just felt kind of, it just felt kind of cruel or not right to be able to, you know, ruin it for everybody that was out there that was trying to watch it quote unquote live. Joel Goldberg, Fox Sports, Kansas City. We'll be right back on Grill Nation. Thanks for listening. First things first, I'm the realest. Realest. Drop this and let the whole world feel it. Let them feel it. And I'm still in the murder. I just want to chill, got a sack for us to roll. Married to the money, introduced her to my stove. Showed her how to whip and now she remakes it for low. She my track queen. Welcome back to Grill Nation. Thanks for joining me today. I'm Jason Grill, your host on Talk 980 AM and on Talk 980 AM.com. I want to thank again our sponsors and supporters of Grill Nation with Jason Grill. Kretcher Heartland, Bank of Kansas City, The Bash Group, Real Estate Company, Kenny Ertz Perry, Attorneys at Law, Catalyst Government Affairs, The Rieger Hotel Grill and Exchange, Jay Rieger & Co. Whiskey, Kansas City Power and Light District, and Two West Advisors and Ryan Reek. Also want to thank our guest co-hosts and contributors to Grill Nation, Andrew Bash, John Kenny Hertz, Danny Pfeiffer, and Ryan Maybe We like to call them the Grill Nationals around here. Thanks for all you do for Grill Nation, and we greatly appreciate it. Now we're going to continue our interview with Joel Goldberg from Fox Sports Kansas City, pre- and post-game host of Royals Live. Also, you hear him very often during the games. Uh, he had the... The great honor of uh, broadcasting from Power and Light District, the playoff run here in the World Series run for the Kansas City Royals here in 2015. Joel, I was uh, post post World Series. I uh, do an event for Fox Four for their Love Fund. It was a fashion show. They initially called me to the last few years to for Sock 101 and and to serve as a model. Actually, the mayor was there. It's kind of a cool little fashion show they do for charity and for their Love Fund. And Rex Heller was due to be one of the MCs, but he could not make it because of the World Series. And so I took Rex Hudler's spot, but in the script it said Jason Hudler throughout. <laughs> and uh, and so I, I tried to approach it like Rex and just kind of be throwing some Hudisms or whatever you call them, Rexisms. So uh, that was a lot of fun, man. So I was replacing Rex Hudler as you work with him every day on a in a fashion show runway show, which was kind of funny. <laughs> well, I'm sure the people are glad they got to see you instead of him. I <laughs> know <laughs> they weren't. They weren't. But uh, so uh, that that's got to be fun working with Rex. And one of the things you did with Rex is, uh, you know, you, you did the, uh, the the parade and the rally there at uh, Union Station on on two last you know couple weeks ago. And uh, tell me about that experience. Now I, I was about ten feet from you. I worked my way up close to the Fox Sports Kansas City stage, uh, which you had a, probably a totally different experience than the, than the typical fan getting in and out of there, but. Um, what was that experience like? I know that you said your voice was kind of kind of leaving you, but you were kind of broadcasting there for about you know two to three hours, right? 
Yeah, well, we were on the air. I, I, I'm guessing for about three and a half hours, and we yeah. we 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 shared the broadcast of Fox Four, which which was nice. So we were able to you know pool resources and and then also not need to actually talk for three and a half hours straight. But it was. I don't know if anybody would really care about this, but I mean, if you think about it, actually everybody could relate to it that was there. That you know, once you were where you were at, you probably weren't moving. And you know, for me, fighting the voice issues at that point, and I mean, I'm I'm basically have a cough drop any chance we're in a commercial or those guys from Fox Four talking, but I couldn't really get any water because, which is really what I needed, because it was probably going to be. What about a thirty-minute walk to the porta potty? You, you could not go to the bathroom. Away. You, you, you couldn't go, so it was like I I needed water, but I couldn't take it. You know, it just it was just a, a, a weird, not weird. It was it was in some ways I think probably an overwhelming and surreal uh, circumstance for me and for everyone, I, whether you're working or not. Because I mean, let's be honest, it wasn't exactly the most comfortable of settings, especially for people that had kids down there, and I know a lot of kids were getting lost. But then again, you're going to remember it for the rest of your life. I think most people would do it again or at least would not um, think twice about having been down there once. And so, I mean, it was unique just at times I found myself just kind of spinning the chair around and just looking and just kind of seeing what surrounded us. And, you know, when, when you see that famous picture now, that was tweeted out from overhead yeah, and, and you kind of pick out where you were and, you know, we're, we're on a pretty, you were there and, and you, you had texted me that you were right in front you of me. You know how hard it was to get a text through down there? That, that, I, know, think, I, I think you got I mean, that afterwards. I got it after and I got it late, like during maybe the ceremony and I finally saw it come through and I'm trying to like, look, I'm like, okay, where in front of you might, might you be? But it was like, and <laughs> it, it, you know, I think we've talked before about how, Jeff Montgomery and I, you know, we prepare hard to do our shows, but we're around it every day so much. You know, you, you if you got to do something last minute, you can do it. But I really tried my best to prepare for this parade because I wasn't sure just how Internet and all that stuff was going to go, and I'm glad I did because there was no ability to look up anything out there. I mean, I just had, I had notes on every single player from the year or the playoffs, just something because I, I knew it was going to be a cluster, but it was it was more than, and I realized that I, but anyway, how awesome, I, you know, the images that came out, the whole country saw that. And I, I didn't hear anything but that reaction of, oh my goodness, look at all those people in Kansas City. I mean, I think that, that everyone here in this town. And it, it was way more than people, people would have imagined, I think. And, well, throughout, I mean, I, you know, I was down there earlier, oh, the night before, I had to run down there and pick something up. And you could see people milling around the streets in Royals gear, and I think a lot of those folks, I know it was impossible to get a hotel downtown uh, for, for Monday night, and I just think a lot of people from all over the region, from from far away, you know, three, four, five, six-hour drives that just came in, got a hotel, and woke up in the morning. So mm-hmm. it was it was unbelievable. Well, I can tell you this from my perspective. Uh, I was trying to get to Lydia's in the freight house for a meeting with uh, fellow co-workers, and you know, I got there pretty early. There was no way in heck that I was going to, and I parked over off of, uh, on the east side of town, kind of close to Truman Medical Center up on the hill mm-hmm. over there. There was, there was, I mean, you had to go even further east and I got there pretty early. Um, I mean, about not early, but like 10 o'clock, 945, which seemed as if it was going to be really early until the media started really hyping up getting there early mm-hmm. the night before, which everyone listened to and got there super early. And I couldn't walk across because there was the, the barricades. And so 
you know, you just kind of give it. And then we came up from the Liberty Memorial side and just kept walking. And then you'd be like, okay, what are we going to do? There's no way you can get through here. But then people would open a line and people just kept coming. And then you kept moving mm-hmm. through. And then somehow you end up kind of by where you guys were. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at that point I was like, okay, we could get closer, but let's just, we're up on a hill here. Let's, let's stay here. And, and you, you know, you could see the TVs and whatnot and just kind of look back and, it was quite a quite a day. I mean, and we got out of there early. I mean, we got out of there quick because we. Um, I had to go back to the Northland, but but anyways, I mean, just something you'll never forget. And it's amazing mm-hmm. to me. You know, I mean, for the most part, most people were really nice. That you know, the people around us were great. I mean, there were some people you're like, man, I wish this guy would shut up. But anyways, um, you learn a lot about big crowds at those types of things. You learn about families that have kids with strollers mm-hmm. and. It's just there's so many different variables that go into that, and it was just kind of amazing to see. But, yeah, you could not go to the bathroom. You could not drink anything. You could not eat anything because you were not moving. No, you weren't moving. And there there were some grumpy people, understandably, and I think there were some some, some tensions here and there for people feeling like, you know, I've got my, my spot. Don't you know? Mm-hmm. Don't 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 infringe upon it. And, and the fact of the matter is, everybody was going to kind of be on top of everyone. Um, we had a bunch of kids that were sitting on the back of our stage that I didn't I didn't even notice it at first, but they weren't in the shot, and you know they wanted somewhere to sit. So I think their parents just had propped them up there. You couldn't see them on on our show. So um, I thought those were all on. relatives of the Goldberg family. Behind us, I had no idea who they were, <laughs> and then I took my kid. Well, we brought six kids down here, which might have been a little much, but you know they were everybody was off school, obviously. So between my two kids, they had four friends and. And they were just kind of standing right by the stage. And when we got there, there was at least room by the stage. And then as things started pushing and pushing and pushing, then they ended up kind of walking up and standing on the side of the stage and um, and then eventually sitting with those other kids. So it was something. But, you know, I, I just it, – it was 30 years in the making. I, I, I saw a comment uh, – you'll, you'll like this one from – it was on Facebook from a guy I didn't even know. It was a friend of a friend, but I, of course, felt the need to jump in saying it was like one of those, you know, from St. Louis, congratulations. Um, you know, proud of or happy for all my Royals friends. We don't, we really don't need to celebrate like that in St. Louis because we're, we're a little more used to winning. <laughs> so I, of course, jumped in and I said, you do realize that the um, Royals and Cardinals have won the same amount of World Series in the last 30 years. I said, now, I understand. And he came back with uh, every division title. I said, but you don't, everybody would like to be the Cardinals or the Giants. If the Royals can be that, things are going to be good for the next 10, 15, 20 years because you're in the mix every single year. But you don't throw parades for winning division titles. You you pop champagne. Mm -hmm. And the fact of the matter is, and uh, so I looked it up, there are only three teams in baseball in the last 30 years that have won three or more World Series. The Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Giants, and there are only another four. I don't think I'm missing anyone there. There are only another four that have won two World Series: the Royals, the Cardinals, the Marlins, Blue Jays, and, and the, the Blue Jays, and the Twins, I think, and the, and the Twins. It's those five. And the Twins haven't been to the World Series since they last won in '93. The Blue Jays haven't been since they last won in in '93, and and the Marlins since '03. So. You know, have the Royals done what the Cardinals have done in recent years? Of course not. We know, we know that. But my point to this guy was, man, you got to celebrate these things. You don't know how often they're going to happen, and the fact that the Royals and Cardinals have the same amount of World Championships in the last thirty years is um, it shows you how hard it is. 
That is a crazy stat. You don't think about that. There's only three teams that have won more than two World Series in the last 30 years. That is amazing. That is yeah, an amazing I mean, stat. And was, yeah. So that that was good to point out. You know, we saw a lot of uh, banter back and forth with our with our friends from the east part of the Missouri, uh, the St. Louis side, didn't we? Uh, after that parade, and you you talk to people nationally. Uh, we have a minute left in this segment, Joel. I mean, the reaction was amazing. You know, from from those those pictures, wasn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, the reaction was amazing, and just but that's what we heard from national people all year long. I remember in September, Ken Rosenthal said. Never seen so many Royals fans at Camden Yards before. We saw that all year. I've heard some people say bandwagon, bandwagon. This stuff goes in cycles. And when you lose, I don't care what city you're in, attendance will eventually go down. The Royals out through the Cardinals back in the late 70s and early 80s when, you know, the, when the Royals were great. But we saw it all year long. There's always room on the bandwagon to come on and jump off. It doesn't, you know, there, there, are, no, there are no restrictions on that. But most importantly to me, Baseball is so very much back in Kansas City and part of everyone's lives. Yes, it is. Joel Goldberg, Fox Sports Kansas City. we got one segment left. You can follow Joel on Twitter at GoldbergKC. We'll be right back on Grill Nation. We're going to talk about moving forward with the Kansas City Royals next season. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. I turn the music up. I got my records on. I shut the world outside until the lights come on. Final segment of Grill Nation. Thanks for joining me. I'm Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us on 980 AM and on talk980am.com as well as on iTunes and TuneIn Radio. You can connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. We've had a great show today recapping the Kansas City Royals 2015 season, the parade, the festivities, the playoffs, the World Series, the Power and Light District, everything that goes into it with Joel Goldberg, who is on the front lines the entire season throughout the country and in Kansas City. He's a contributor. And a great guy, a great Kansas City, and uh, welcome back to the show, Joel. How are you? I am great, nice and uh, relaxed. Hey, man, it's good to be relaxed. Hey, uh, we're talking about exposure. What'd you think of those? Uh, did you get a chance to watch Kimmel and Fallon? What'd you think of the Royals on those two shows? Yeah, that was that was um, to me that was kind of weird. I'm just I'm not used to seeing guys in my <laughs> world in that world. You're like Hosmer sitting next to Christy Brinkley. By by the way, at 61 years old, I I had no idea she was that old, but she uh she's definitely easy on the eyes. But Hosmer had the opportunity to sit next to her, and uh, you had a Salvi on Jimmy Kimmel too, or on Jimmy Fallon, and Aziz was on there. I mean, yeah, it was kind of weird, right? It was very weird. I don't even know if those guys had any clue who Christy Brinkley was. But, <laughs> uh, they mean, obviously haven't seen the original Vacation. Let's put it that way. No, I'm sure. I'm I'm sure that they haven't. And then the uh, the the Brett Saberhagen dude was pretty good too. Oh my the, god, uh, he he was great. People were just laughing their heads off where I was watching that. Yeah, so that, it, it was fun to watch, and I I thought that uh, you know Stone Street and those guys with uh, with Kimmel were pretty good too. That, that was actually really funny. Yeah, I I do enjoy Kimmel. He's a uh, he's my he's my favorite on the air right now, and uh, that that's that skit was hilarious. I thought so. That was kind of cool to see the Royals. Um, you know, make the national level there. Um, I had a lot of people asking about, oh, how did the certain players make the show and how did the producers, and I'm just like, don't look too far into that, you know? It's just one of those things, and it just kind of happens. But um, moving forward, Joel, got 2016. I know you're going to relax for a little bit and do some hockey games, but, you know, everyone in Kansas City, now that they've tasted this this World Series run the last two years, it's it seems it seems insane to me that, you know, most of the team will be back, that they have another shot at another 
playoff run next year, which would be incredible. But um, what are your initial thoughts going into next season? I know we have some some guys that have have deals haven't been renewed, and then obviously there's some pretty big names in free agency um, like Gordon and Zobris. But what do you think for the team moving forward, and, and what next year will look like? Well, the the bulk of the core is still here. I mean, that's that's the good thing. If you if you think about it, I mean, look at the pitching. I would think they'll go out there and get one or two starters, and maybe one of those starters is you know bringing Chris Young back, and then he's maybe a starter, maybe bullpen again. The same for Danny Duffy. But if you look at it, people say you know how do you replace Johnny Cueto? And I I don't know that I look at it like that because they only had Johnny Cueto for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. They they. A big chunk of what they won with was before they got Johnny Cueto. Now, he ended up obviously having two huge playoff games, and he did have some good regular season games too. But I don't think they're going out there to replace a number one. I think that they're going to feel good that they have Ventura and Volquez at the top or towards the top of that rotation, and Chris Medlin should be ready or will be ready. And so, you know, maybe they'll go out there and add another middle of the uh, of the lineup guy. And then when you look at replacing the rest of it, I mean, okay, you're fine with Perez and Hosmer and Escobar and Moustakis and Kane and Morales. So you're really looking at two corner outfield spots. And I I do think Infante probably is the second baseman until that plays itself out. You still have two more years left at a pretty hefty cost. And I think that these things, especially for a team like the Royals, will work themselves out later rather than sooner. Mm-hmm. And they'll hope that they can get him back healthy. And, you know, and he's a guy towards the bottom of the lineup. Obviously, if you have a Ben Zobrist, it gives you the flexibility and ability to either hit one of those corner outfield spots or have protection at second base. Also, don't forget that Raul Mondesi might be closer to, to getting up, and, and, and he could be protection at second base. He's a shortstop that could play second. But I, I think... To me, this is really simple, although it's not simple at all, that they want Gordon back, they want Zobers back. It's going to have to happen on their terms. And it doesn't mean that they will turn to Alex Gordon and say, you have to play for no money or else. What it means is that, that the Royals are going to have a comfort level and a breaking or a tipping point. And once you get past that tipping point, they're going to need to let him go if that contract gets too high or the years get too high. Because they have to, you have to put sentimental value aside and, and say, look, we have to do what's best for the organization long term. And if they go too deep in with one of these guys that are 32, 34 years old and it doesn't work in a couple of years because of injuries or whatever, it can cripple this franchise for many, many years mm-hmm. and they can't afford that. So I think that in a much smaller way than what, you know, the Cardinals have with Albert Pujols where they, they walked from it and, they're probably better for it. Hopefully, there's a nice, happy medium with both of those guys. I think it'll be tough to get both. I think that there's a chance they could get one. If they get one, they can do everything else based around that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, payroll will be up next year. It's not going to be an issue of not being able to spend the money. But I think they have to be careful, and they have been careful. Yeah, they do. Um, and you got to think, too, like a lot of these people out there that, that make assumptions and hear things and watch these hot stove shows, they, they don't know what the player is thinking either. You know, I mean, what's a maybe maybe to Alex Gordon? It's saving, you know, giving up a couple million dollars a year on a contract. If it comes to that, is he'd rather stay here? Maybe not. I mean, the players obviously and their agents have a lot of say in this too, and it's not always just the Royals. It's two sided, obviously, like every negotiation. 
I, I think you're right. I think, you know, we could see them both go. We might see one of them stay. I think no matter what, I think the Royals are in good shape to contend again next year, don't you think? I think so. Uh, you know, and, and, and part of it is that they're still going to have the good defensive team. They're still going to have the pitching. And everybody said, well, bullpen's tough to repeat every single year. They've had bull, good bullpens now for three years in a row. And, you know, you're going to come back with Wade Davis and Kelvin Herrera and Luke Hochaver. And if you don't get Ryan Madsen back, you still have three of your top four guys, um, three of your top five. You know, they're obviously not going to have Greg Holland. I think you can see Greg Holland back here, by the way. You know, I don't think he'll pitch next year, but it wouldn't surprise me if they got him back like they did Luke Hochaver just on a, on a two-year How deal. old is Greg Holland, Joel? Oh, without he, looking in front of me, I'm going to guess around 29, maybe. So he's still pretty young then. Yeah, no, he's fine. He's not. So, I, you know, that that wouldn't surprise me, but that wouldn't help them for this year. They've done such a good job of identifying players that they can get at a lower cost for the bullpen without having to make them the eighth inning guy. The nine. I mean, think about it. Ryan Madsen was the, the 25th man on the roster when, when the team broke camp, and he ended up being, you know, the seventh and, or eighth inning guy. But I do think that they'll contend again, and I think that one of the one of the things that I think that they have now is the culture of winning, and that's not something that translates into sabermetrics and um, chemistry. I do think can be overrated sometimes, but this team knows how to win now. This team takes the field knowing that they are better than you, mm-hmm. and all teams take the field thinking they can win and hoping they're going to win. But there's only a handful, half dozen to a dozen at most that just have a little bit of that swagger and arrogance and know that we're, just, we're better than you. We're, we're, we're going to win more times than not. Cardinals mm-hmm. have that. Red Sox over the years usually have had it. Yankees. Royals have that right now. And the guys that have been sort of infected with that are at the core of this team, the Hosmers, the Moustakas, the Perez's, the Canes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, you know, when guys like Gordon came up, they didn't, they didn't have anyone that. like that. They didn't have it. They didn't and have so it. they learned good work ethic from, from guys like Mike Sweeney and then some of some of the ones that came before them, but they weren't around that that winning culture of we're better than everyone else. Joel Goldberg, Fox Sports Kansas City. I want to read a quote real quick from your blog. You're looking at a magical season. You encourage everyone to savor the memories. You never know when it may occur again. See you all at the ballpark in 2016, and maybe we can all, we can bring a million people downtown next fall for another celebration. I hope so, Joel. Check out Joel Goldberg at GoldbergKC on Twitter. And Joel, uh, enjoy your off season, and look forward to seeing you again soon and talking again next season. Thanks, Jason. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Grill Nation. I'm your host, Jason Grill. We'll talk to you again soon. Have a great day. Take care.